Today's Digital Week, we explore digital intelligence. Hmm. We've evolved from pragmatic intelligence, intellectual intelligence, EQ, emotional intelligence, and now it's emerging DQ. Today, we look at what are the technical skills, behavioural skills, and artistic skills required to craft and succeed in the digital age. This blend, how do we measure it? And how might a framework be created that allows organisations, individuals, and society to actually understand the importance of navigating the digital age with digital intelligence? So, digital intelligence, is it the success measure for the future? Welcome to the Digital Week. This week I'm privileged to have two of the best brains in the digital business, Marika Kowalkowitz and Professor Michael Roseman. Hi, welcome Monica, welcome Michael, great to see you here. Marek and Monica, lovely to see you it's again. It's the three M's, right? Indeed. Monica, Marek, Michael, excellent. Not for creativity. <laughs> excellent. And creativity, interesting. Today, you know, we're going to challenge this topic of how has intelligence evolved over time and how is digital playing a role? Marek, what you, what's your take on this? Oh, well, that's a, that's a very, very exciting topic. And look, even before I dig deeper into, into this one, I, Michael, I read your article on the conversation about the future of the government. I saw some interesting comments below the article, which, which really showed the different sets of skills in, digital, uh, in the digital world that people have. Thanks, Marek. I hope you didn't find the comments more interesting than my article. But uh, <laughs> Marek, in, indeed, you're right. So I talked about the digital mind and government, and a lot of comments were related to the fact that without a, a MyGov account, what we call in Australia the, the citizen record, yeah. you can't even um, contribute and consume um, government services. And a lot of uh, individuals commented how tricky it is to set up a MyGov account. Hmm. So it brings us to that, that uh, definition of digital intelligence. So we, we all talk about this concept or digital intelligence. This is this capacity to be aware of, participate and contribute to digital economy for both personal and professional reasons. So let's talk about maybe some, some reasons why digital intelligence is needed. Uh, Monica, do you have a few examples, private life maybe, where, where you realize without a certain level of digital intelligence, you couldn't even take part at, at conversations? Or well, you know me, what? Michael, I, I live in the digital world, so it's hard for me to unpack that. But if I think about the things I do every day, I go to Pilates four times a week. All of that is online. You know, I order it, I book into the class, I pay for it. The only thing I physically do is turn up to the class and take it. I can't participate if I'm not if I'm not digitally engaged with that channel. You know, I, I look at you know how I listen to my music. That's all through digital channels. How I listen to how I source my news through Twitter. Uh, so increasingly, uh, there is no you know I can't unpack. And then the success to which I can navigate the world depends on the quality of my digital intelligence. I guess. There's, there's a lot of activities we cannot do without having access to, to digital technologies anymore. There's a lot of activities where we just need that basic set of skills. Absolutely. So we see a number of organizations who literally move from, from a physical world to not only a digital first, but a digital only world. And of course, since we have the digital age, a number of companies, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, and so on, purely exist in the digital world. With other words, Digital intelligence seems to be like a new pragmatic intelligence. Uh, you allow in digital intelligence, you literally exclude it 
from consuming services, consuming news, uh, probably even interacting with friends or sharing pictures. So let's just back up a minute. You know, intelligence has gone through a number of iterations, hasn't it, right? So what would we have called the first form of intelligence, even before IQ? You know, what would we have called that? It would be a very pragmatic one, right? Pragmatic intelligence, one that allows you to survive in the world. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's call that PQ, right? Mm -hmm. And then we decided that if we analyze a little bit, I could be better at hunting and gathering, I could hunt on certain days, I can gather on certain days. We started to get technical, functional, um, analytical skills, I guess. We would call that traditionally. Academic intelligence, I guess. So you see... IQ, yes. I think IQ was in the later interpretation, but but the idea around academic or uh, uh, IQ uh, is very much that uh, it was a competitive advantage if you could read or write. Right. And then we moved on from, we felt because we could become really efficient and we can analyze and we had all this IQ and we had all these clever people, but then we worked out people that are clever, some people are successful and some people aren't. And so then, of course, in the, you know, the later era, in the last 20 years, for instance, we've unpacked really emotional intelligence, haven't we? It's really about not just what you know and technically can do, but also how do you contribute that? So how do you behave? And emotional intelligence was largely about behavior. Correct. This is what we then called emotional intelligence. And uh, uh, EQ was then the ultimate attempt to measure this. And a lot of people made a living out of becoming consultants, advisors, to build EQ in individuals and in entire organizations. So, so if we now go to DQ, let's unpack a little bit about, you know, what are the layers of that DQ? Mm. You know. Yeah, and then before we go there, so people talk about, about multiple intelligences, and, and I think what, what we realize that different societies explore that new intelligence are emerging, and we are right now at the tipping point where we talked a lot about digital literacy or the digital economy, but, but today we're really here to understand, do we see something emerging that could be called the digital intelligence? And, and let's unpack a bit, what are the different facets of digital intelligence. It's, it's a bit like uh, the, the previous examples that we used. So just like we talked about pragmatic intelligence, which helps us survive, it's the basic set of skills. In the digital intelligence, we would be uh, talking about the technical skills, ability to create an account on Facebook, ability to go online and buy a ticket uh, from, a, from an airline that sells tickets online only. So the technical levels, that ability to just survive in the world would definitely be the first level. So that's a sort of the pragmatic intelligence in the digital world. That's how do I connect my Garmin to my Strava? How do I configure Evernote? Uh, how do I stream pictures? How do I uh, back up uh, smartphone content and so on? This is correct, right? And you know, as the, as the next level, once you can just create an account, where you, once you know how to upload a photo on Facebook, the next question is when to upload a photo on Facebook? When is it appropriate to upload a photo to Facebook? So do you, do you treat this as a sort of emotional or social intelligence in the digital world? It's definitely taking us higher in that pyramid uh, and, and it's definitely an ability to understand the emotions of others, empathizing, uh, which is clearly something that uh, is an important skill to be able to survive. And then we have to add to that the compelling part, which is the storytelling, right? In the digital world, why do two tweets that have equal number of characters, one goes viral, one doesn't? Uh, it's it, the language that is written, the audience to which they've put it, how they've placed it into the marketplace. So there's something definitely in how we, we craft the compelling you know, words or the story or the imagery around which how you place things into the digital economy. So this is, I think, where, where intelligence meets with the, the arts, beauty, where you, mm. where you add beauty to digital content. Uh, and it's like the digital rhetoric, where all of a sudden it's not just about the pragmatic intelligence that I need, uh, I can do, or the behavioral intelligence. I know that my doing is appropriate, 
uh, but it's a beauty of my doing. Mm. Uh, so if I look at, if I think about the world, what are some very practical ways? Now that we understand there is this digital intelligence, we're trying to define it. I assume they'll, you know, the clever brains of QT will be grinding away to create a framework and a, a process of how we might articulate this. But let's talk about business people in a business environment. How do we help our workforces become more digitally intelligent? In a way, this is uh, uh, this is in, in this uh, to solve this. We need to observe the world. There's a lot of very successful examples of, of applying the skills. We don't yet understand what makes a tweet of a particular celebrity more popular than a tweet of another celebrity. So, looking deeper into that and trying to understand the arts, the psychology, the behavioral aspects of it is very important. And exactly the same observations can then be applied to the digital workforce. So. So how do we express our thoughts in a beautiful but also efficient way so that others follow the thinking patterns? I think we have to unpack those three facets, uh, the, the pragmatic, the behavioral and the, the, the artistic side of digital intelligence. I think it's easier to teach the, the technical skills, but even there I think we are only at the tipping point. So, so in most cases it goes viral, it's learning by doing. We don't really at this moment uh, build a lot of uh, hands-on digital intelligence. Or we, we, we teach skills that are maybe more from, a, from an age of automation, but, but they don't really capitalize to totally on, on digital intelligence the way we see it. The second phase, and I'm not sure if, if this is a place where, where universities also play an important role or not, is the, the behavioral side, mm -hmm. the, the etiquette. When is it appropriate to use digital devices, for example? So this is, I think, also where, where, where let's say, parents and other uh, mentors play a crucial roles so that you have the appropriate digital behavior. Uh, how do I know that, that uploading certain content um, doesn't compromise my professional integrity? Uh, so these are fine lines where the corporations need to develop uh, procedures, guidelines, norms, uh, but where from young age parents and, and other influencers play a crucial role. So we, we grow up with, with people full of um, integrity and, and self-reflectiveness so that, that we don't cause any harm to others or ourselves in the way we behave in the digital world. Mm. So in a way we're still formulating the social norms for digital intelligence. And I guess because the digital intelligence is so invasive, unlike when I used to go obviously to my school or my neighbourhood where it was a very physical world where it was much easier to see when those boundaries had been crossed and people gave you quite face-to-face -face signals that you're either doing appropriate or inappropriate behaviour. In the digital world, that can turn on you very quickly. You look at someone puts an inappropriate post and the trolls come out and it gets retweeted and then people get demonised. And I look at how quickly um, things stay. You know, the fellow that went on, on, um, on Facebook this week saying that he was uh, in support of uh, the attacks on the Uber drivers and how he skinned, had that was skinned within 30 seconds and sent to police. So it then became a very quick way of actually finding someone in the digital world uh, that could get convicted of a crime. And, and this is a, a wild west of social norms. So we're really trying to understand which norms will work, which will not. At this stage in the business world, we see individual organizations developing their social media guidelines, uh, training their employees. But uh, from company A to company B, the guidelines might be very different. 
I remember uh, someone telling me just this week that uh, one of Australia's big four banks originally said, no one can operate a Twitter account and you can't speak on behalf of the bank, blah, blah, blah. And now, six months later, they're actually saying, everyone must have a Twitter account. <laughs> everyone must tweet. We're actually not so concerned about what you tweet. We just want the brand out there. We want to be engaging with our clients. We want to engage as many uh, channels as we can and different groups. So it's interesting to see, even in the space of months now, we're seeing this evolution of, of trying on different versions. Mm. So uh, I think these are important points and in the old days we had a bit of a public debate but we had clear rules and regulations. It's obviously hard in the digital world to, to create regulations. Rules. So I'm going to expect from you two some groundbreaking work in this area that's going to guide us in terms I, of a framework or a process or how we're going to measure even. You know, when we started to talk about EQ and behaviours, it was quite hard until I think we started to get some frameworks that people could then say, and now we have a whole industry around EQ with coaching and yeah. developing and competencies that, you know, you get uh, renewed on your performance through. So where will we look at those measures that will measure who's doing well in digital intelligence? So I think this is a very important and intelligent question. Uh, I think it's important to, un to truly understand what is digital intelligence and we haven't even thought about the, the third element, the, the, the artistic side. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of creative intelligence, there's creative um, arts going into, into how do I create the beautiful digital content. So I think there's a whole industry uh, that, that very quickly tries to bring multimedia um, content together. Uh, how do I tag it appropriately? How do I communicate it appropriately? So I, I think along those three facets, we probably end up with three different types of measures. Mm. Uh, can I hands-on measure? And that's maybe the, the easiest, your, your pragmatic digital intelligence. Um, your behavioral side is probably a bit harder to measure. Um, but, but the extent to which your content is beautiful uh, is incredibly hard. It's maybe as difficult to assess like the beauty of a, of a, of a picture. We now have evidence, of course, if, if people like it, if it goes viral, uh, I, I can see at least it's popular. Mm. That does not necessarily mean it, it, it's, it's good, uh, but at least it means popularity. Well, and from a societal perspective, it's also about, you know, DQ. If it's high, so what? You know, what does it do? Does it increase, you know, the livability of our world? Does it increase the value that's exchanged in the economy? Does it, you know, allow me as an individual to achieve higher in terms of, you know, how I participate in the world in terms of income or in terms of contribution on a social state? I think our, our work as part of the PwC chair in digital economy is definitely driven by, by the assumption that a high digital intelligence uh, in, a, in a society uh, is a leading indicator to to highest level of, of productivity and probably also well-being. Mm. So the higher the digital intelligence, probably the, the higher is, is medical well-being because medical data will be analyzed early on. The highest probably educational well-being because you consume educational content proactively and maybe even financial and or cultural well-being. Mm. So we assume that digital intelligence is a leading indicator. Uh, but you're right, and, and we should unpack how to measure this. And I've got no doubt that one of the jobs in the future is that people will develop digital assessment kits to measure individual or, or collective mm. digital intelligence. Absolutely. Look, one of the uh, one of the ways universities can approach the topic is also by shifting a bit from just uh, teaching students the technology. Uh, to moving to the behavioral aspects as well. So I expect in a few years we will start having graduates who will be skilled not just in development of software and so on, but really ability to, to choose when and what to do. So just like social media guidelines that we were talking about, digital intelligence coaches could be the graduates of, of universities in future. Ah, so the new new, the jobs. Michael? Indeed. So we talked about people could measure digital intelligence. You talk about the digital
digital coach or a digital spin doctor for professionals or politicians. And then finally, of course, if you talk about the creative component again, uh, we could imagine a whole new type of poetry, the digital poet, the digital um, artist, uh, the digital author who probably writes and, and, and communicates very differently to the artist, to the authors we've seen in the past. Ah, uh, so the forms of literature, you could be, you know, a tweet poet or you could be a longer form blog poet or so adapting to those different channels across the digital spectrum. Correct. I mean, we had recently Robotronica where robots meet, meet uh, uh, pop music or classical music. And I think we'll see the same here where the typical digital behavior probably meets the arts. And I think we haven't seen a lot of this. Uh, but, but crowdsourced, uh, mass-produced collective pieces of art uh, that probably are not just produced by single artists, but by probably thousands of people who contribute to, to hopefully quite stunning and enjoyable pieces of art, um, could be one form of then collective digital intelligence. It means the ability of individuals to come together to produce joint artifacts. Mm. So I think we're united. A world where DQ is high looks like a world I want to live in. Thank you for another uh, journey through the digital way. Very enjoyable. Looking forward to building digital intelligence. Thank you very much, Monica Michael. Follow us again on Twitter. Send in your comments uh, and find us on uh, Facebook and also you can find us on uh, LinkedIn, the PwC Chair in the Digital Economy. We can't wait to hear your feedback on digital intelligence. <laughs>